Good evening. To open our meeting tonight, Shardell, will you please announce the first hymn? 284. Prayer is the heart's sincere desire, uttered or unexpressed, the motion of a hidden fire that trembles in the breast. Hymn number 284. If you would like to follow along with the readings, please go to our website, and on the home page, you will see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and you will see the link for the Wednesday evening text. The theme for tonight is Faith Without Works is Dead. The readings will now be given by Craig. The Bible. Matthew, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into this, his harvest. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, 
He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor scrip for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. And into whatsoever city or town he shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. And when ye come into a house, salute it, and if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them, and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. Ephesians For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. James. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and he hath not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. And I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. 
the devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only? Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. I'll read from miscellaneous writings by Mary Baker Eddy, an address before the Christian Scientist Association of the Massachusetts Metaphysical College in 1893. The article is Obedience. My beloved students, this question, ever nearest to my heart, is today uppermost. Are we filling the measures of life's music aright, emphasizing its grand strains, swelling the harmony of being with tones whence come glad echoes, as crescendo and diminuendo accent music so the varied strains of human chords express life's loss or gain, loss of the pleasures and pains and pride of life, gain of its sweet concord, the courage of honest convictions, and the final obedience to spiritual law. The ultimate of scientific research and attainment in divine science is not an argument, it is not mere saying, but doing the word, demonstrating truth. Even as the fruits of watchfulness, prayer, struggles, tears, and triumph. Obeying the divine principle which you profess to understand and love demonstrates truth. Never absent from your post. Never off guard. Never ill-humored never unready to work for God, is obedience. Being faithful over a few things, if in one instance obedience be lacking, you lose the scientific rule and its true reward, namely to be made ruler over many things. A progressive life is the reality of life that unfolds its immortal principle. The student of Christian science must first separate the tares from the wheat, discern between the thought, motive, and act, superinduced by the wrong motive or the true, the God-given intent and volition. Arrest the former and obey the latter. 
This will place him on the safe side of practice. We always know where to look for the real scientist and always find him there. I agree with Reverend Dr. Talmadge that there is there are wit, humor, and enduring vivacity among God's people. Obedience is the offspring of love, and love is the principle of unity, the basis of all right thinking and acting. It fulfills the law. We see eye to eye and know as we are known, reciprocate kindness and work wisely in proportion as we love. It is difficult for me to carry out a divine commission while participating in the movements or modus operandi of other folks to point out every step to a student and then watch that each step be taken consumes time and experiments oft times are costly. According to my calendar, God's time and mortals differ. The neophyte is inclined to be too fast or too slow. He works somewhat in the dark and sometimes out of season. He would replenish his lamp at the midnight hour and borrow oil of the more provident watcher. God is the fountain of light, and he illumines one's way when one is obedient. The disobedient make their moves before God makes his, or make them too late to follow him. Be sure that God directs your way, then hasten to follow under every circumstance. Human will must be subjugated. Human will must be subjugated. We cannot obey both God, good, and evil. In other words, the material senses, false suggestions, self-will, selfish motives, and human policy. We shall have no faith in evil when faith finds a resting place and scientific understanding guides man. Honesty in every condition, under every circumstance, is the indispensable rule of obedience. To obey the principle of mathematics 99 times in 100, then allow one numeral to make incorrect your entire problem, is neither science nor obedience. However keenly the human affections yearn to forgive a mistake and pass a friend over it smoothly, one sympathy can neither atone for error, advance individual growth, nor change this immutable decree of love. Keep my commandments. The guerdon of meritorious faith or trustworthiness rests on being willing to work along with God and for him, willing to suffer patiently for error until error is destroyed and his rod and his staff comfort you. Self-ignorance, self-will, self-righteousness, lust, covetousness, envy, revenge are foes to grace, peace, and progress. They must be met manfully and overcome, 
or they will uproot all happiness. Be of good cheer. The warfare with oneself is grand. It gives one plenty of employment. And the divine principle worketh with you. And obedience crowns persistent effort with everlasting victory. Every attempt of evil to harm good is futile and ends in the fiery punishment of the evildoer. Beloved students, loyal laborers are ye that have wrought valiantly and achieved great guidance in the vineyard of our Lord. But a mighty victory is yet to be won, a great freedom for the race, and Christian success is under arms, with armor on, not laid down. Let us rejoice, however, that the clarion call of peace will at length be heard above the din of battle and come more sweetly to our ear than sound of vintage bells to villagers on the Rhine. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. Will you please announce the next hymn? Hymn number 298. The words of this hymn are by Mary Baker Eddy. Saw ye my Savior? Heard ye the glad sound? Felt ye the power of the word? Twas the truth that made us free and was found by you and me in the life and the love of our Lord. Hymn number 298.
Good evening, and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our weekly testimony meeting for Wednesday, July 19th, 2023. And we warmly welcome everyone from everywhere to all of our services in person, on the telephone, or over the internet or even listening to recordings of the service afterwards. At all our meetings and services, we read from the King James Bible and from the readings of Mary Baker Eddy. Every Sunday morning, we have our Wednesday, our weekly church service at 11 a.m. But an hour before the service at 10 a.m., we have our weekly roundtable discussion this is where we discuss the week's lesson and other current topics and learn more about how to apply our understanding of Christian science. So be sure to join us every Sunday morning for a lively roundtable discussion at 10 a.m. and the church service at 11. And we have a Sunday school for children every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock too. Our Sunday school is open to children from everywhere. Many of the students live out of state and they attend by calling in on the telephone through a special dedicated teleconference number. So if you have children who would like to attend the Sunday school, call the church to get that phone number and our teachers will be very happy to welcome them. Our July newsletter has been published and was mailed. So if you're a subscriber, you should be getting your copy very soon. If you don't currently subscribe and would like a, sub a subscription to any of our publications, please check the church website, plainfieldcs.com, under the store tab to order your subscription. We have a website plainfieldcs.com, where you'll find the very finest Christian science literature to read, study, and listen to. There are other wonderful writings by Mary Baker Eddy that you possibly may not even be aware of, and writings by students who lived in her home and were taught directly by her and saw her live this science on a daily basis. These are a wonderful source to get the pure teaching that Mrs. Eddy gave. There is quite a variety of helpful literature on our website, and you will always find something there that will meet your need. And all the resources we have on the website are free. There is never a charge, and you don't have to join anything either. Our goal is to spread Mrs. Eddy's teachings around the world. And to aid in that goal, we also have 17 additional websites in a variety of languages so that people can hear and read the healing truths of pure Christian science in their own language. So feel free to look through the, our websites. As I said, they're all free. And we, will, we also have a well-equipped nursery for infants and toddlers at all our services. So if you're able to get here in person, be sure to bring the whole family. 
I will now read from the Church Manual by Mary Baker Eddy, this section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or of suffering, although the generic name of the disease may be indicated. For everyone who gives a testimony tonight, we would ask that you please keep your remarks to within four minutes. This will give everyone the opportunity to share their offering tonight. For those who are on the telephone, when you are ready to give a testimony, please press the star button on your telephone twice. Also, keep in mind when you do, we are going to be able to hear you as well as any other sounds that your phone picks up. So we kindly request that you be in a quiet place and I will call on each of you one at a time by name. Our meeting tonight is now open for the sharing of testimonies of healing through the study and practice of Christian science. Linda. Thank you very much for the readings tonight. I would like to express my gratitude this evening for a recent demonstration of God's power to meet a need that involved a machine that had stopped working. The situation came up in which the machine was greatly needed. Several times I had in the past worked to bring it into working order, and sometimes it would last for a short period, but then stop. I had given up trying to fix it. But recently the machine was really needed. I had mentioned to my practitioner uh, the need of repair, but that day, it just was quickly restored without any repairs or special tension or maintenance. I got the idea just to turn it on again and has been working since. It was such a good lesson that our God helps us in the details of our day as we are working for him. And I have heard the term used mechanism in mind, and boy, did I see it that day. Uh, during this time, uh, there was also a plumbing emergency and a gushing water, and I had to let the practitioner know through text, and it almost stopped immediately, and there was no explanation. We didn't even at that point really figure out how we, where it was coming from, although we had a general idea, but this was even before the maintenance worker came to have a look at it. And then it was fixed quickly, the next day by two good workers in a very short time. And I'm so grateful for the prayers of my practitioner that helped me find calm and peace so I could continue working during this disruption. I'm very grateful to be learning more about our loving God and understanding how to live the Christ principles and appreciating more deeply Mary Baker Eddy and her writings and to be part of this church mission. Thank you. Thank you. 
Mississippi. Mara from Mississippi. Go ahead, please. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here tonight and so grateful to be a part of this loving Plainfield Christian Science family. I recently took a road trip with my son, my daughter, and my daughter's boyfriend from Mississippi to visit family and friends in, in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. I prayed for several weeks before the trip and even spoke with my practitioner about it. I wanted to make sure that I was taking this trip for the right reasons. I knew I needed to put God first and remember my main reason for the trip was to bless others. God was there with us the whole time. The 18-hour drive seems relatively quick, very pleasant and fun. It went very smoothly and we took turns driving. My son was able to spend time at the beach. My daughter was able to show her boyfriend around New Jersey and New York City. And I was able to visit family and friends. Thanks to all I'm learning from Plainfield during stressful times with family, I was able to be, quote, in it, not of it, unquote, uh, from Karen in California. I had the opportunity to visit the Plainfield Christian Science Church was on a Sunday, which was the highlight of my trip. For anyone contemplating visiting Plainfield, um, I highly recommend it. I was greeted with warmth, smiles, <laughs> love, and hugs. It was such a special feeling finally meet everyone in person and to be present during the live roundtable discussion and to participate in the Sunday service. To hear Peter and Faith sing, I'm sorry, <laughs> it was just a very emotional and exciting experience. Um, it was beautiful. And of course, um, to hear Jared accompanying them on their organ was amazing. Um, after the service, my daughter and her boyfriend joined us all for a delicious lunch. The kindness and generosity and love filled the room. It was so nice socializing with everyone. <laughs> left with a big bag of Christian Christ literature that um, Linda gathered for me and a beautiful handmade mug from Luann, along with a piece of homemade pie for Mary. <laughs> um, my daughter and her boyfriend, who know very little about Christian science, commented, me, commented to me that they could feel and know how special all the people at the Plainfield Church are. I'm so grateful for the experience, and I'm so happy for all that I'm learning. Uh, I'm very grateful to my practitioner and to all the people at Plainfield. Um, and thank you to Craig for the readings tonight. Thank you. Bruce. 
Well, I must say, we were so happy to see Mara and have her join us that Sunday. She brought in a bright light of love and joy, and we were so happy for her visit. I'm also very thankful for our lesson this week on truth, and I must say that I was so impressed in the story of Paul because he was accused falsely of many things that they couldn't prove, and he was in a court that looked like it was all set to judge him, not uh, very favorably, but he was allowed to speak for himself, and he spoke the truth. And it ended up well for him, which proved that, <clears throat> like it says in our golden text, our God is a, a, <clears throat> a living God. And it reminded me of an experience I had some time ago. I was called in for jury duty and uh, had to go into the county courthouse. And uh, the process is uh, they had to ask each of us a bunch of questions about ourselves in front of the judge, uh, the attorney, and the prosecutors. And they go through an elimination process, and whoever's left is on the jury. Well, I went in for my interview, and I don't know where the words came from, but I simply told them, I have a lot of freedom, but I also have a lot of responsibility. It's amazing how freedom and responsibility go together. And I certainly didn't plan to say that, but I can see now it just came out of my mouth, and I got to admit that if someone is living with integrity of character, honestly, he should have no problems in a court of law, just like Paul's example. Well, when it came to eliminating people, I was like the number one, first one eliminated, which meant I got to go home early and didn't have to come back, which was very convenient for me. So thank you, God, for this. It worked out so well. So grateful for everything we have to offer here in the Plainfield Church. Great to be with everybody tonight. Thank you. Elma from Can Ella from Canada. Go ahead, please. Good night. Tonight, I am grateful for all the testifiers that explained their thought process, which resulted in complete healing. For years, I had held on to a statement or a phrase and did not and did have some results. However, I could not grasp the actual science that is the basis of Christian science. I believed is the efficacy of prayer. I heard war stories that was based on actual healings and protection while my father was in Oshinshin in Second World War, a concentration camp in Poland. I had faith and I had belief, but somehow I missed the science and lived my life on hopes. I do remember one incident in which I had mentally taken a firm stand, an unwavering stand for truth, and a complete healing resulted. I shall now recount that incident. Years ago, while I was homeschooling my children, we had befriended another family with four children that were also homeschoolers. We spent many times joining in combined classes of music, science, and 4-H, and public speaking, too. And one day, the mother called me to tell me she was separating from her husband. She gave me her reason. I asked 
or may I pray for you? Her reply was, yes, only if I did not pray for her to return to her husband. I prayed that the events told had no power to disrupt the lives of that whole family. It was a short, firm, and unwavering mental stand. Shortly after that, the mother called me and described her change of heart and change of thought. Needless to say, she and her husband reunited. Sometime later, she told me she was very happy they were reunited. I look forward to all to hearing all your testimonies worldwide. I learn from them, look forward to them, love you all. Thank you. Sandy from North Carolina. Go ahead, please. Good evening. Thank you for all the wonderful testimonies. Um, you know, in science, uh, uh, some people ask me why you guys always talk about practitioners. And that person was my husband. I say uh, because the practitioner is a person that has dedicated life to pray, to see the truth. We have activities to do during the day. The children go to, go to the grocery store. The practitioner always seeing the truth about us. That's what we are grateful for the practitioner because it's a person that is praying constantly, not only for us, for the whole world. Constant prayer. That's what Mary Baker Eddy said. Uh, my husband been having some dental problems. So two months ago, he had to done some work. There was expenses, and I'm the only person working as a family at the time. We have a very uh, expensive uh, mortgage, and so I have all the responsibilities of the house. So we have to put the, he put it in the credit card. But the, do, the doctor, so he gonna need an extent more than his mouth. So that been consuming him. Now me, it didn't consume me. I said, you know, it's for you to get it done, it will be done. That is sustenance. It is no, you will be healed. So recently, I heard one of the treatment of the day is with a young lady, beautifully spoken about a treatment. So I was doing the treatment. I became my husband's local practitioner here. Praying for him, I ask permission. I know I can do nothing. It's Christ. So today, I have all the things to do. So he needed to go to the orthodontist. He said, come with me. So you pray with me. I said, Christ is with you. Christ is where the doctor is. It's not a place that Christ is not. And he is dead. He is the one is in charge. Remember what the practitioners say. 
at the meetings and, and the things that we listen about independence. So today, I came to pick up my husband. When I called, he got in my car and he was crying. Yes, crying. She said, you won't believe what happened, Sandy. I said, why? Just tell me. He said, you know, I have to done a whole extensive work in my mouth. And it's around $5,000. And the doctor told me it's completely free. He's going to get it done. It's $5,000 out of charge. And I started the process tomorrow. He, I don't have to pay nothing. I say, praise be to God. I've been doing the treatment. With the shepherd, show me how to go. I will follow and rejoice. Oh, the rugged way. I'm so grateful for practitioners as a Christian scientist independent. For the love, for the commitment, for the joy. That lady, they just visited this, this last weekend, the congregation. I hope the Father, Mother God, allow me one day. I'm sorry. Father, where your children are, that's what I want to be. So I hope that one day I'll be able to be there too and enjoy the love table and the hug, hugging and the love. This church is blessing this whole world. Thank you for practitioners, for the humility and the understanding of science to supporting the world and supporting us independently. Thank you, Independent Christian Scientist Church of New Jersey. We shall never be condemned because God is true. And when you got God at your side, no forces or darkness can come against the children of God, Father, Mother, all harmonious, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for your readings and hymns tonight. Thank you. Kelly, Kelly from California. Go ahead, please. Hello, everyone. Hello, Plainfield. It's so good to be here, to hear all the testimonies, and thank you, Craig, for the reading and Jared for the music. I have been working on memorizing Mary Baker Eddy's definition of angels and Psalm 91, and one morning I wrote the angels' definition in the first four verses of the psalm on a little piece of paper, and I was about to put it in my pocket when a still small voice said, go through this week's watch one more time. And it was Watch 285 from Gilbert Carpenter's 500 Watching Points. And that watch, Carpenter explains Mrs. Eddy's interpretation of our famous Bible story about uh, Moses and the serpent. Um, and Mary Baker Eddy says, handle the serpent and nerves. And then she also says, the rod of Moses was malicious mesmerism. And when he, Moses, handled it, it was a power, for he had power over Lord many and God many, and it was a staff to lean upon. So these ideas jumped out at me, so I wrote them down on the little piece of paper on the other side, and I put it in my pocket. 
And when I got to work that morning, I found out I had to strip a piece of furniture, and it was going to be a difficult job. Where it had a lot of curves in it, and it would take me all morning. It would take me all morning. So as I got started, I noticed my impulse to mentally curse the customer and have self-pity. Handle the serpent in the table, the still small voice said. And I smiled. I knew God was reminding me about the daily watch. Could I be using the table to swim around in malicious mesmerism? So I held back. Instead of acting on the impulse to mentally curse another, I dwelled in the secret place of the Most High and waited under the shadow of the Almighty Lord, which is what I was learning from Psalm 91. It was my refuge, my fortress. And there I waited for inspiration of goodness and purity. And that came from um, the definition of angels. And it came fast. It's leaning like a little bird landing inside the covering of a tree. Lord, I said, you made this beautiful table, the same inspiration of goodness I am waiting for, came to the man in Vietnam who made this table seven months earlier. Your goodness inspired him all the way in Vietnam, and now your goodness, that same goodness, will inspire me here in America. Months and miles apart, two different people inspired for one idea, the table. Angels, God's thoughts passing to man on both sides of the world, spiritual intuitions from the same God, inspirations of goodness, countering all evil, sensuality, immortality, countering my impulse to curse another person or myself, for he delivered me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Inspiration of goodness can be heard in Vietnam and in America, the same inspiration from our one God, his one voice. And now the table will be delivered to my customer so her family can gather around it too and hopefully hear the same voice, that same inspiration of goodness, our one God, as they are sharing their meals morning, noon, and night. And thank you, Plainfield and Thank you to my practitioner who's teaching me how to study. Thank you. Kara from North Carolina. Go ahead, please. Thank you so much for the readings tonight, Craig, and for everyone who's given a testimony. Um, a dear friend who attended the same Christian Science Sunday School growing up told me that she fell away from Christian Science because she felt that the way it was practiced in her family and the testimony she heard seemed so selfish. She specifically told me about um, uh, testimonies she would hear about people who had been in war zones, and they talked about how they'd been protected when others around them had not been. And she kept thinking, well, why weren't they praying for everyone? Or somebody who didn't get a parking ticket despite coming back late to their car, and she would think, why aren't they praying for more important things than parking tickets. But now I know that she was experiencing just one of the many ways that the churches and many Christian scientists had fallen away from the true practice of Christian science. But here at Plainfield, the testimonies and teachings are individual proofs of the allness of God for the good of all God's children. But I find it interesting that when animal magnetism tries to talk me out of sharing a testimony, I often fall into the trap of thinking that what I have to share isn't significant enough. Don't give one of those parking 
ticket testimonies, mortal mind will whisper, and so I don't say anything at all. Well, I've made God a promise to stop listening to lies and to start sharing more demonstrations of God's omnipotence and love. So why then is tonight's testimony about rental cars? (laughs) Hopefully at the end you'll know. A few years ago, I flew overseas for a work trip and I had to rent a car when I landed. The day before I was supposed to leave, I started to feel unwell, so I called my Plainfield practitioner, and with her support, I was able to fly overseas by holding to seeing every single person I encountered in my travels as one of God's children, and it was such a glorious experience. Then I arrived early in the morning at my destination only to discover that I brought my passport, but not my driver's license. So I was unable to rent the car I'd reserved, and my destination was two hours away, and I needed the car for the trip. I didn't know what to do. So a nice young man at a different counter overheard my dilemma and said he would try to help me. I went to the restroom, and I was praying. And when I came out, he said, an idea just came to me. Walk to the far end of the lot and talk to the guy at Hertz. I feel like he's going to be able to help you. Now, mind you, my car was not reserved from Hertz. But knowing that the idea came from God, I did just that. And the guy from Hertz found my Hertz membership where my driver's license happened to be on file, and he rented me a car. And I'll never forget that two-hour drive. It was exactly what Izzy's always describing, these beautiful green hills covered with skipping newborn lambs. And even though I got to my hotel and my room was not ready, I found a quiet spot where I could snooze and pray. And I spent that whole day deep in prayer. And with the support of my practitioner, woke up feeling fully well for two long 12-hour days of work. Well, that experience came back to me a few weeks ago on another overseas work trip when I also felt unwell. But having demonstrated the allness of God before, I knew to contact my practitioner and get down to praying. And the more I prayed, just holding to the allness of God, um, the clearer it became to me that what we're learning here in Plainfield about trials being opportunities to demonstrate God's allness was absolutely true, because I just felt more and more joy and gratitude for my closeness to God. And so the more closeness I felt, the less anything else felt real. So maybe it shouldn't have been a surprise when at the end of that first phase of my trip, I went to the airport to rent a car only to discover that this was the only country where you need an international driver's license and no one would rent me a car. This time I didn't even bother worrying. I knew God would have the answer. So it came as no surprise when I heard a voice across a crowded rental car concourse say, can I help you with something? And I told this guy my dilemma, and he told me that locally owned customers and uh, companies were exempt from that rule, and he could rent me a car, which he did. But this is not a testimony about how to rent a car when you don't have the proper paperwork. And I'm not going to give you a formulaic prayer should you ever find yourself in a similar circumstance. Because what I'm learning is none of these demonstrations were about the results. These were two work trips where I had to turn so wholeheartedly to God in one area that I couldn't get tempted to think I had to find the solution to a problem in another. 
And that's exactly what I continue to need to learn all too often on an average day. I wake up in the morning and I say, God is mind, God is my mind. And then somehow I end up thinking I'm the one working for my clients or writing the email or making the work decisions or even deciding what groceries to buy. But slowly but surely with each trial, I'm learning that when I wholeheartedly turn to God, and often, I'm sorry to say, it happens when I have no other choice, I then experience the allness of God. And that's when I understood, understand how the trials we experience bless us, and they will cease when they cease to bless, because every trial is blessing me and teaching me to only acknowledge the allness of God. There's um, an article on the carousel by Peter V. Ross called Personal Sense of Perjurer, and he says, there are not two worlds, there are not two minds, there are not two lives, there are not two kinds of people, but one God, one mind, one life, one kind of person. And the only way to learn this is to demonstrate this. And that's what I learned on these trips. I had to learn that there was never some separate unwell me. and there are no exceptions to that rule. And I'm so grateful for every testimony meeting, every roundtable, where I learn that what blesses each of us blesses every single person, and that that is the true Christian science, even if it sometimes seems like it's being demonstrated on mental cars, but it's not. Christian science is about the healing of the world, and I'm so grateful to everyone, especially uh, all the people who have brought all the uh, material that we get to read to the world and to the unwavering support of my practitioner. Thank you, everyone, for all you do to bring this Christian science to the world. Thank you. Jeremy. I'm very grateful tonight for tonight's theme of Faith Without Works is Dead. And for the clear fact that this church's faith is indeed alive with good works that go out to bless all mankind. In the years before coming here, I encountered many churches that seemed to me to be all words of profession and no demonstration of works. Over time, that lack of works disheartened me, and I confused their dead faith for thinking that Christianity as a whole was just incapable of being more than that. But then I came to Plainfield and saw that Christian science provides the way to work for the world in a meaningful way as Christ Jesus and Mary Baker Eddy taught. What a joy to find out that the Bible is not wrong or false. It was simply a matter of uninspired thought, misinterpreting it, which led me astray. Finding this truly inspired interpretation here has changed my life completely around. I'm so grateful for Christian Science, for practitioner support, and for all the wonderful books and articles we have access to. What a constant blessing it is to be a member of this church. Thank you. Thank you. And now we have a testimony from Imogen in Australia. Good evening. I am so very grateful for the wonderful teaching that we receive at this magnificent church. The roundtables, the Bible studies and Bible lessons, all the readings of articles by Mary Baker Eddy and our early workers, it is all tremendously helpful 
When first I found Plainfield, I had never known about the alertness to duty as written by Mary Baker Eddy in the church manual. Mrs Eddy stipulates that it is the duty of a Christian scientist to, quote, not be made to forget nor to neglect his duty to God, to his leader and to mankind, end quote. Today, I can't imagine living a day without reading the Bible lesson and performing these duties for God. It has been an excellent learning journey for me to know that forgetting to read the lesson or forgetting to pray to God is something that we just can't allow to happen, something we should actively be alert to and work against. This tendency must be overcome in order to ensure that we don't forget our duties as Christian scientists. It was mentioned at a recent roundtable, the practice of reading five pages a day of the Bible and five pages a day of science and health. I remember when I first heard this, I thought to myself, oh, that's easy, of course I can do that. I will do it straight after I read the lesson each morning. Well, guess what? I did it once and then forgot to do it. I tried again, a couple of times, doing it for one day or two days and then forgetting. So I'm very grateful because over the last few months this has come up in my thinking. To simply commit and read five pages of the Bible and five pages of science and health every single day. At the moment, it's a bit shameful for me to report that I haven't yet been able to do this for one week straight yet. Now, I find this really fascinating because we're taught here truly that when we determine to do something good, something that is of God, then mortal mind will often cause us to forget to do it or become disinterested or turn away from doing it. And if we are forgetting, then we are not alert to our duties in Christian science. So I'm really grateful to know that the mere fact that I kept forgetting to read five pages of the Bible and five pages of science and health every day, this tells me that I absolutely need to be doing this. So the challenge goes out and I will master it to do this reading each day. Living Christian science the way that our pastor emeritus intended is a very beautiful discipline. Each day indeed does bring us closer to God. And what a blessing this is. I have found that the joy of the presence, as Bicknell Young puts it, is the biggest blessing one could ever hope for. And I have found that this, the presence of God, far outweighs the self-control that is needed to perform our Christian duties. So I know that I will be reporting back here at some point successful in my new habit of reading five pages a day of the Bible and five pages a day of science and health. So thank you to our beautiful practitioners at this church for all that you teach to us. And thank you also to our beautiful musicians and our wonderful singers, including the congregation singing all these beautiful hymns. You should hear how loud I sing along in our household with you all. Thank you all so much and so much love to you all. Thank you. Florence from Georgia, go ahead, please. Thank you. Thank you, Craig, for the readings on faith. It's not dead. And I'm happy to say that obviously our faith is not dead because every Wednesday there's so much testimony 
attesting to this, our faith in our God. This is a testimony from Germany. And she says, I am testifying for the love of the work that I'm doing in Christian science. I'm grateful that I have the challenge and chance to deal with friendship and to get a more spiritual sense of friendship. For some time, I have yearned to have a friend who could share art, creativity, and spirituality with me. And so it seemed I had found such a friend. I was very grateful for this friendship. And though we come from different religions, we were able to share a lot, including to have an exhibit together. It feels as if God led us to do this and it is still on display in Berlin. I'm learning a great deal about friendship and also knowing who is my first friend. During this whole situation, which has had many challenges, I have had to reestablish my true friendship with God and know that God is my friend. We live in truth, and this truth is inclusive and all-powerful. Even when the evidence of the material senses would say we are abundant and friendless, we are not because God is our friend. The only sacrifice is a wrong idea of human imaging of what should be done under the circumstances. In Psalm 23, we read, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I have become more aware to protect my spiritual sanctuary by knowing the powerlessness of what appears to be a flood of negativity, disbelief, and intrigue. Step by step, I am gaining more awareness of God's love and appreciating the joy to learn this. The mind that is in God is in each of us. And we are all able to listen and mature in this awareness and spiritual sensitivity. So on page 249 of the 1910 Science and Health, we acknowledge that mind is not the author of matter. And the creator of ideas is not the creator of illusions. Either there is no omnipotence or omnipotence is the only power. God is the infinite. And infinity never began, never will end, and includes nothing unlike God. Whence then is soulless matter? I am so grateful for Mary Baker Eddy, for my dear practitioner, and those who helped to further my understanding of my oneness with God. I you also to learn much more of her work and of the work of the prophets and Jesus Christ, and to have this balm in Gilead always at hand. Thank you and much gratitude from Germany. I'm grateful to be here tonight to hear the music, the readings, of course, and all the testimonies. Thank God. Thank God. Thank you. Elizabeth or Stephanie in New Hampshire. Go ahead, please. It's Elizabeth, and good evening. And thank you for the wonderful readings and all of those awesome testimonies. Um, I'm just so grateful for this week's lesson on truth. Uh, truth 
is in action all the time. And not because we say it or know it, but because it is. And I'm just, I'm just in awe of God and Mary Baker Eddy. In fact, today I happened to be in Concord and I, I stood on the acreage where Pleasant View was. And although there's not a very pleasant place there now, you could, you could feel that that was a wonderful spot. Um, thank you so much for everything that you do at Plainfield. And I'm just so grateful that you have these wonderful meetings that we can all attend. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Mary, go ahead, please. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I have a letter of gratitude from England. Thank you so much for the most interesting July news newsletter with its article about Colonial Williamsburg. What a wonderful place. We would certainly love to see and experience that if we lived a bit closer. What a lot of work must go into the whole project, and what a delight for both the enactors and the visitors. The Governor's Palace looks very French and imposing, and the other buildings and beautiful gardens and trees look very well cared for and would be a delight to see. Thank you very much to Dale W. for sharing. It was nice to read about the visit to Plainfield by Frances Eddy and her husband. Thank you again for all that Plainfield provides and for everyone's work and contributions. Sending much love. And then also from Sweden. All the great work that you are doing at Plainfield is inspired and inspirational. We are truly grateful for it. Your trio, sometimes quartet of singing musicians, are amazing with their beautifully rendered interpretations. Two friends, a married couple, asked us to help them, but they wanted it their way, but we agreed to pray for them. The wife had dramatically been rushed to the hospital. It was her heart, so she was carefully screened twice, and the information gained was used for the planning of an operation. When the operation was prepared to begin, she was examined again, and she was completely healed. No trace of what had been recorded before, and no operation necessary. Of course, the doctors were quite um, shocked at this and thought, well, it must have just been some uh, fluctuation or something. But, of course, we know it was the prayer that healed. We are grateful to God and for what we learned from Christian Science Independent sending some snapshots from a nearby farm museum. Wishing you all a beautiful summer. I have a few more to read, but I will save that for another time. I uh, just wanted to express my gratitude to be here with you all and the beautiful readings from Craig tonight. I love that article of Mrs. Eddy's on obedience. So many wonderful statements in there that I refer to often and one, God is the fountain of light, and he illumines one's way when one is obedient. The disobedient make their moves before God makes his, or make them too late to follow. Be sure that God directs your way, then hasten to follow under every circumstance. Those are sobering words, and one that we all need to heed, I know I do, to make sure we are obedient 
and at the right time, not too fast and not too late. So I'm so grateful to be here with you all. Thank you all for your testimonies and, again, the beautiful readings and music. Have a wonderful night. Thank you. To close our meeting tonight, Linda, will you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number two. A glorious day is dawning, and o'er the waking earth, the heralds of the morning are springing into birth. In dark and hidden places, there shines the blessed light. The beam of truth displaces the darkness of the night. Hymn two.